Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and I have a real treat for y'all today. This is going to be um, a podcast about the, uh, the attacks through people close to us that many of us have been suffering that have really increased exponentially in the last week and about how to raise your shield of faith and how to use decrees uh, to help you with this sort of thing. On this podcast, I'm actually with my friend Ray Bergman uh, on the Innocence Redeemed podcast, and he graciously allowed me to also upload it to Just Praise Him Radio. So I know you'll enjoy this. Good morning, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast today was not initially planned, but I'm noticing something that's been really uh, tearing at me that I feel needs to be addressed there has been an increase in the attacks lately. Um, people are being attacked over lack of communication. They're being attacked for people are being baited into strife with their families over trivial things that really should not even be going on. But this is one thing the enemy likes to do. He likes to attack us through people close to us. There are attacks of low self-worth. And I felt it important to do a podcast on this, uh, if you will, like an emergency podcast to let you guys know to stay vigilant. This podcast will be posted on Innocent Redeemed as well as Just Praise Him. And on with me is Glenda Lomax of Just Praise Him Radio. And we both concluded that this needed to be done um, sort of as a, an emergency broadcast because there's just way too much of this going on lately. And we need to nip this in the bud now, guys. I mean, we need to make you aware and we need to teach you to stay vigilant. Hi, Glenda. Thank you for joining me today to do this. Thanks for having me on the show, Ray. I'm honored to be here. You know, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20 says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. You know, I noticed something recently. I was having a day where I was getting attacked uh, by someone very close to me, and it was it was in a very hurtful way. And, you know, things were just kind of off kilter from that, and some other things were going on. And I realized about midday that I felt like, like somebody had just beat the daylights out of me. And I'm like, what is going on? And I prayed about it for a minute, and then I realized I had not put on my armor that morning. So I stopped everything I was doing and I put on my armor and it stopped. And I didn't feel like somebody was beating me up or I had been beat up. It's that shield of faith. 
and and having your armor on makes a big big difference this time. I think it's going to be more and more important that we do that every day that we armor up. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's happened to me, and it came. It was revealed to me that the reason for that is because if we're not spending enough time in the Word, if we're getting distracted and we are not spending our time in the Word, and we're not spending enough prayer drawing near yes. the Lord, that's allowing these spirits to come in and attack us like this. And but now lately, it's just been you know it's yes. been rearing its ugly head. I mean, I'm noticing it. You know, as you know, you know we have a good brother right oh, now who's going through that. Hard. Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking when it happens. It's happened to me over the years and it, I don't know, it just, it's devastating when people you care about attack you. And when you were just trying to be loving and be kind to them and they just come at you with swords and staves, you know, like they went at Jesus and, and just dash at you. It's very painful. You know, Glenda, I think we should cover some of the ways in which the enemy will come at us without, because a lot of it, it catches us off guard all the time. Good idea. Very good idea. You know, he likes and he loves to use people close to us. You know, there's people, you know, Absolutely. reaching out saying, you know, oh, I have one family member who's, you know, against this whole vaccine issue. That's one issue in itself, but that's a current one. So that's a big one. It's causing this right now. Yes. And then it's just little things of strife. Like, you know, you you're trying to just maintain the peace. And it seems like yeah. no matter what you do, it just keeps creeping back up. Like people just want to attack you for no good reason. Or it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, right. You're you're trying to do good. You're trying to spread the word of God, that sort of thing. And you get everything from attacks of discouragement, which are very common right now, by the way, uh, which come at us on the battlefield of the mind. They'll come at you as discouraging thoughts from Satan. Or you get snide comments or petty things from people. You know, even in church, you get that sometimes. You get people just outright attacking you to your face. I had that one recently. I had to deliver an unpleasant word to someone who'd been backslidden for quite some time, who used to walk very closely with the Lord. I've had to do everything and, I can to avoid having those. It's like, I, I had an incident just yesterday where, and this happens all the time in my house, it's like people will leave dishes in the sink and, you know, I'm getting to the point, it's like, what do I look like, Cinderella here? The male version <laughs> of Cinderella? You know, it's like, I, I have, I get up in the morning and I just want to have my coffee and there's a ton of dishes in the sink with like, glops of tomatoes if they made pasta sauce or something else i'm like come on now you know that's not what that's yeah especially early in the morning it just starts your day off wrong it did and i and i got upset about it and i was getting angry and i'm like oh i want to oh i want out of here and you know i realized when i sat down to have my cup of coffee that that's exactly what the enemy wanted me to do he wanted me to give in to the temptation of not doing it because then later on there would have been another argument that stemmed from that and that would have made it even worse He wants us to go the extra mile and try to prevent the strife because strife is the doorway to every evil work. Every kind of evil can come at you if you let strife get in. It's not worth it. Absolutely. And yet it, it's, it causes resentment because the devil will keep reminding you, well, they did this and this and this. And, and I think you have to cast down those thoughts when they come at you and go, no, we're not going to think about that. We're going to think on Jesus. We're going to think on the word. We're going to pray for those who use us. Well, right. And we're trying to do good. We're trying to maintain peace. And so strife is one of the ways to try to counteract the good that we're told in scripture, you know, to maintain love and peace. So that's why he likes to come at us through people close to us. Well, and because if if you really want to wound somebody, and let's say you're holding the loaded gun, are you going to shoot from far away? You're going to get up close. 
you're going to get up close. You can do a whole lot more damage if you do it up close. And well, it hurts so much more coming through people that we care about. Yeah, people we care about. But then there's a separ- there is a separation taking place. I believe the wheat is being separated from the chaff right now. You know what? I think you're right. I think you're right. God gave me a word about separations that's for this when- well day after tomorrow. Yeah, I've got a word on that as well. And he started to speak to me about separations. Uh, but, but our remedy is to call on him. He wants us to draw. He's drawing his people to him right now. And so I believe some of these attacks, they can happen, but they can be used for good. And that's to draw us to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. And you see who the enemy has control of when these attacks come. And, you know, we, we do have to pray for him, but we need to be careful who we let real close to us more and more as time goes on. So, Glenda, how would we deal with those situations or cancel those attacks when we're tempted to respond to strife or we're tempted to think that what we do isn't good enough for somebody or that we have a sense of low self-worth? What would be the best way to um, stave that off? Well, from a spiritual warfare standpoint, I would say uh, when the negative thoughts come at you, there's a verse in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, about casting down. And how you cast down a thought is like, let's say a negative thought comes at me that, well, your ministry is no good. It's not helping anybody. And, you know, in 2009, when I started this ministry, the devil used to attack me with that. And he used to say, you're not helping anybody. Nobody's listening to you. Because he, he always attacks most strongly in the beginning of a thing and the ending of a thing. And he's been doing that to me all year long because I just and, started this year. Yeah. And your ministry absolutely is helping people because I listen to you for one, but also Nicole and I don't know how many other people. And so when he would come at me with that, um, I learned to just say, you know what, devil? God doesn't anoint anything that's not going to succeed for one thing. But to cast down a thought, you just say, I cast down that thought in Jesus' name. That is not the truth. The Lord has given me revelation. I'm sharing my revelation with brothers and sisters. God will see that the word does not return void. And he shuts up. And if he tries to condemn you for things in the past, which he's always trying to do that, you just say, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And that shuts about because he knows that's the truth. So that's two ways. If somebody's coming at you with strife, let's say that I live, you know, in a family setting and somebody in my family or somebody that's staying with my family is a person that, you know, just likes to cause trouble. And that person comes at me trying to, the first thing I want to do is I want to remain quiet and not answer. The second thing I want to do is I want to bind up that strife and command it that it cannot forbid it to operate in the house. In Jesus name, I bind you strife. I bind you up and I command that you may not cause any problems in this household in Jesus name. And I command you to the pit of hell where I command that you have to stay and await the judgment of the most high God in Jesus name. and Don't ever return to me or my family again in the name of Jesus. And that commands that spirit of strife to go down to the pits of hell and stay there until Jesus judges. And then it has to go out of your house. So that's one thing that I would do. And the other thing I would do is I would, um, I would look seriously at that person in the heart. I would just, you know, meditate on this and I would think, okay, where's that coming from? Is it coming from bitterness? Is it coming from jealousy or anything like that? If I think it's coming from jealousy, you know, I would probably be in another room and I would just say, in Jesus' name, I bind up the spirit of jealousy in so-and-so and I forbid it to operate in this household. 
and within this family in Jesus' name. And I forbid it to attack me in Jesus' name. You cannot make a person do something they don't want to do, but you can bind up those spirits from operating against you as a child of the King. You have that authority by the blood of Jesus. And speaking of the bitterness, you know, that's another thing I wanted to bring up because there seems to be a confusion where it comes to being merciful and Mm -hmm. then letting somebody walk all over you. And I believe in this season, we need to understand the difference between the two. You don't want to be setting yourself up for repetitive, to be walked on repetitively. Because then let me give an illustration for that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I just saw a visual of it. Let's say I live in Texas and I have a ranch and I'm next door to another ranch and that rancher's having a hard time and he's got a lot of cattle. Let's say that his cattle come start eating the grass on my land and they creep closer and closer to my house. I can be merciful and let his cattle eat all my grass or I can put a fence up and say, this is as far as you go, cows. I'm sorry. Which one are you going to do? If a burglar breaks into your house and starts to take away your stuff and take away your peace, are you going to be merciful and think, okay, well, maybe he needs something and let him clean out your house and take away all your peace? Or are you going to boot him out and go, this ain't your house, get out. Drop kick him to the curb. You have to set boundaries. You have to think about nobody's going to keep your peace but you, okay, because other people don't care that much about your peace. You know, and people that are rude really don't care about it. You have to decide, okay, I'm okay with them doing this, but not this. And you have to draw that line in the sand and you have to enforce it. Because unless you can afford to hire bodyguards, there's nobody else to do that. Sometimes you just need to stand up and, you know, tell somebody just as it is. I mean. Yes. And it's very liberating when you do so. Can I I just say that? It is. And I think that there's fear out there. Like if I, if they do, if like, if somebody does that, like they're being unmerciful or they're being wrong in some way, or they're sinning and, or they're not, or they're not being godly. Right. And you need to know the difference between the two, because that does not mean you're a welcome mat allowing yourself to be constantly walked on because, you know, if you're not, Jesus was not a welcome mat. No, he wasn't. He stood up. He stood up for what was right and what was true. And that's what we're supposed to do, too. Absolutely. I used to be a welcome mat. I used to, people used to just run all over me because I didn't understand how to stand up. And when I broke the generational curse of fear off me, when God taught me about that curse, that was when it ended. There was something in me that rose up then, and I believe it was God's spirit rose up in me then and started answering those situations and going, no, you don't. Yeah, and people will try to take advantage of you, and especially, oh, yeah. especially, you know, it's one thing when you, you're part of the secular world. That's why the world loves you yeah. as it's one of its own because you belong yep. to the world. But as soon as you yep. don't, then the attacks come in, and people think they can, like, oh, I can use this against uh, Glinda, or I can yeah. use this against yeah. Ray, or I can use this against, you know, anybody who's you know trying to walk righteously because oh, you know, they're suckers. They're going to put up with it. Because if they, they mistake our gentleness for weakness, that's right. That's a big mistake. And we need to be careful to stand up for ourselves because we don't want to be, because that's what's going to garner up bitterness. And then yeah. you're going to be in sin. Yeah, you're right. You are right. And, you know, it also, it's the anxiety that comes with it, you know? And it goes back to what I was speaking earlier, you know, about enough prayer and time in the word, because, you know, don't worry about anything and said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. 
then you will experience God's peace. Verse 7 of Philippians 4, you know, verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And that's, yeah. that's the takeaway there. We can't spend time worrying about everything and worrying like, oh, every little thing I do is a sin and I'm going to go, I'm, I'm condemned to hell just because I stood up for myself. No, there's a time people need to be put in their place. There's a time, like you said, they mistake our gentleness for weakness. And no, that's not the case. There's a difference there. It's, and that's where you have to have discernment come in and lead you. Yeah. Well, Jesus was very gentle, but but when he before his crucifixion, when it was real close to his, I think it, I want to say it was the night before, but I can't remember. Yeah, it was. He had just said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And, you know, of course, he said, well, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And then he said about the cock crowing three times. And then he said to his disciples, when I sent you without a purse and scrip and shoes, did you lack anything? And they said, no, we didn't lack anything. He said, but now he that hath a purse, let him take it. And likewise, the scrip and he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. He was telling them to buy a sword. Why did he tell them to buy a sword? It was not so they could cut their baloney. It was because he knew he was about to be crucified. And Satan was going to unleash everything he could against them. Oh, and they tempted him up until the very last minute. They taunted Taunted him. And mocked him. Well, if if you're this, you bring yourself down off the cross. Yep. And I thought, man, he's hanging there and he's in so much pain that that I'm really surprised he wasn't screaming because level 10 pain, you're screaming. His pain was off the charts, dying for them. And they're mocking him. I cannot imagine what Father God's punishment was for that. Well, there was a great earthquake right after, you know, he yeah, died. they yeah. they might have been taken in it. Yeah, they I don't, don't take that kind of thing very well. That's his son. No, his and, only begotten son. No, and anybody who's you know mocking God and doing defiant things against those who are trying to live righteously, God's going to punish oh. that. Oh, he's going to punish that bad. He's told me as much. Real bad. He has special punishments reserved for them. Yep. I'm and I'm Glenda. I'd like to share Psalm seventy-five right here if I could. Psalm seventy-five. We thank you, O God. We give thanks because you are near. People everywhere tell of your wonderful deeds. God says, at the time I have planned, I will bring justice against the wicked. When the earth quakes and its people live in turmoil, I am the one who keeps its foundations firm. I warn the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Don't raise your fists in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. For no one on earth from east or west or even from the wilderness should raise a defiant fist. It is God alone who judges. He decides who will rise and who will fall. For the Lord holds a cup in his hand that is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours out the wine in judgment, and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs. But as for me, I will always proclaim what God has done. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. For God says, I will break the strength of the wicked, but I will increase the power of the godly. Mm. He's God. Oh, I'm not done. I'm going to read another one. The wicked are going to get what's coming to them, folks. But if you're living right, you have nothing to fear. Psalm 18, verses 16 through 41. The Lord reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. 
He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity you show integrity. To the pure you show yourself pure. But to the crooked you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength, and he makes my ways perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with your strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks. I have destroyed all who hated me. They called for help, but no one came to their rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. So, you know, make no mistake, you know, the Lord's going to take vengeance on those who are doing wrong. Wow, that's good. This is a good one. When I start, There's some good decrees in there. Yeah, and Glinda, didn't you want to say something else about the attacks before I move forward? Yes. Let's say, for instance, you're planning to do a podcast that you know is full of revelation, and this massive attack of strife comes at you, and you recognize that it's the enemy going, okay, yeah, you're not going to do that podcast, or if you do it, you're going to be distracted because I'm going to throw this at you. And he starts throwing fiery darts at you and somebody comes that just is really jealous of you or doesn't like you and starts just sending you nasty grams on text and just being hateful. You know, there's always that one, you know, family member or person in your association that, you know, just wants to be hateful. And, you know, I've, I'm a firm believer that if someone is toxic in your life, you should cut them off like yesterday's news. I'm not even kidding, and I have no problem doing that. If they don't enhance your life or add to it, what are they doing there? That's firmly what I believe. And, you know, in in certain circumstances, I've tried to advise um, others close to me, you know, other brothers and sisters that, you know, you need not put up with that. No. No. I don't think we have to put up with it at all. But you can also, if you recognize it's like, like, let's say, Ray, that you're about to do, you know, a podcast, God's spoken to you something and it's a revelation about end times or something and you've got this podcast all planned and it's going to be revelatory and you know it's going to help a lot of people and then boom, here comes somebody who just wants to be hateful and vile and mean and nasty to you and it upsets your constant and then you, you go, okay, it has to do with this podcast. Then what you would do in that case is you would speak out loud to cancel those attacks. In Jesus' name, I cancel every attack that Satan has sent against this podcast I'm about to record and I bind those attacks up and I bind every demon assigned under those attacks up and I cast it off into the deepest pit in hell and I command you to stay there until the judgment of the Most High God in Jesus' mighty name. Go now. Take your filth and your seeds with you in Jesus' name. And then you're done. And then the attack will stop. If it doesn't stop, that's not what it was. 
the attack will stop and you can go on with what you were doing. Yeah, and that's happened before. And even before I knew to cancel attacks, um, what I often used to do was just turn around and I'll use the pro- I'll use the attack for good. I'll use it and make. That's an ex- what I was about. To, yeah, use, I was about yeah. to say it's fodder. Yep. Yeah, because that happened one time. Me and Tom were recorded a podcast called uh, "Shining Light into Darkness." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the enemy thought it was going to be cute and funny to go, oh. I'm just going to go after Ray and I'm going to try to cause strife with him and his brother. Well, I turned that oh, around. Yeah. yeah, I turned that <laughs> around and I used it as a testimony in that podcast. And that's, a, <laughs> yeah, and that's, so to decree that we refer to Romans 8 verses 37 through 39. And, you know, I said before on a podcast that um, we, Romans 8 has a lot in it. If anybody yeah, who's yes. unfamiliar, there is so much in there that you can use to, um, you know, correct wrong ways of thinking. But starting on verse 37, Romans 8, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in a way you confess that, in all these things, state what's going on, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I am convinced and I declare that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Amen. Well said. Yes. That would be an excellent decree to do. Yep. That's in my book of decrees. I have a whole binder full of them. And I've and I put um, some resources up on my blog at Innocence Redeemed, so um, people can go there and they can do a search. And anything, like any prayer, any decree, I mean, they make it easy. This website, I can't, let me go ahead and pull it up here for a minute. I'm going to your blog, see where that is. Oh, nice. Index of all prayers. That's really helpful. Yeah, the name of the site is prayer.knowing-jesus.com. And you'll find an index of all the different prayers there. Wow, this is really good, Ray. I've never seen this before. Yeah, there's prayers for people that are addicted to drugs, prayer for uh, an estranged spouse. Wow, this is so good. They have a massive amount of prayers on there. I don't even know how many it is. So, yeah, you know, Glinda, I don't think it's just, um, you know, it's it's helpful to have the cancellations. We have to say the, speak those out, but it, it is the decrees like we were just talking about. Yes, we need to do decrees actually every day. You know, Job twenty two twenty eight says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Decreeing a thing is done by speaking it. You speak it with authority, with no doubt. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I don't have any doubt about that. I don't have any doubt at all. You decree what you want. You do not decree the things you do not want because when you decree it, it's established. The power of our words cannot be underestimated. And I think we've all been guilty of doing that before. Like, and that's what the enemy tries to do. But, you know, we were saying it earlier, like he tries to convince us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, oh, I'm going to never get this done or, oh, uh, you know, this person hates me or, oh, you know, I'm not worth anything. And, you know, and we've covered that in attacks of the self-worth and all that. But mm-hmm. that's essentially what you're doing if you believe it. You know, and I've seen, you know, people do that. They'll, they'll say, oh, it's this is useless. This keeps happening and that keeps happening. And it, it's a Because if you believe it, you think about it and you speak it. And when you speak it, you decree it. And that's his goal. 
If he can get control of your mouth, he can get control of your life. That's right. And that's the importance of decreeing the opposite. Yes, the importance of decreeing God's word, because then you are countering those negative thoughts and handing them captive to Christ like we were talking about earlier. Yes, Yes. just like if you're in need, uh, but you're walking with God, you know, the word says that he will supply all your needs. God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. That's a lot of riches. So you just decree. You know, if you see lack, you go, well, God said, God's word says that he will decree, he will supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And that's also, you know, and if you decree the wrong thing too, that's what's going to wear you down. That's part yes. of what will wear you down to literally to the point. And that's when you're in danger of sinning, because then you're going to be tempted to grab for that bottle of booze, or you're going to be tempted yep. to go do that sin that you know that you should not be doing. Yeah. Any, any type of momentary comfort is going to appeal to you in that time. And in this time, and going in more and more into the end, I think we have to guard against that so carefully, because everything is is just so chaotic and so abnormal. Nothing is as it should be in our world. Nothing is. There is nothing stable anymore like it used to be. And eventually, we won't have lines of communication to each other. And so we have to know how to encourage ourselves in the Lord like David did. We have to remember these things that Ray is teaching and use those in that time and continue to witness for Christ to our last breath. Amen. I mean, we, there's, there's no other way. There will come a time when we're no longer safe in our homes. The Lord has told us that. And I'm not sure why, but he knows what he's talking about. So God can see what's up ahead. and he's try, He tries to prepare us for it ahead of time. I think part of the reasons that he's had us releasing things from our lives for a period of time. Now, I don't remember when that started. I want to say six months or so ago, but I'm not real good with time frames. Uh, releasing like possessions and things is because whatever we don't release, eventually when they pass laws against Christians, they'll probably just come and take those things from us anyway. So we'll end up letting them go one way or the other. And it's not pleasant to think about. I think about that a lot, but it's not pleasant to think about. And I just have to move my mind over to other thoughts because that's not helpful. What's coming is going to happen because it has to to fulfill all scripture. And these are all stress-inducing things that we're dealing with. Nothing is normal. Nothing. And we're trying to function in an abnormal world. And it's difficult, is it not? It's hard to keep your peace. It is hard. And that's another reason why if somebody is doing no good in your life, there comes yes. a point where you just need to cut them out because with everything else that's already going on, I mean, we don't need that. No, you know? we don't. That, that's we just, really don't. That's just, and that's been one of my things that I whine about. And yes, I do. I whine to the Lord sometimes. I'll admit it to you all. I whine to the Lord. I do. <laughs> I'll grumble I and I'll be like, <laughs> you know? I'm like, Lord, I don't get this. I don't understand. I don't understand. Help understand. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, that's why you don't need, you don't need to be adding fuel to the fire. Okay. There's already enough. And this is why. And, you know, speaking of the attacks, you know, I, you know, by listening to my podcast, I will shine the light on things that yes. I can't stand. Yes, <laughs> you and do I, that very and well. I am, and I am not beyond playing their own clips against them to do it. <laughs> like, well, this is what you said. You said yeah. it right here. That's right. And when that happens, it's like, oh, you know, those attacks, they come in because, you know, the enemy can't stand. That means you're over the target and the enemy can't stand that. Yeah, he doesn't want any light shown in any of that. He's trying to be subtle and sneaky and raised there with this big, powerful flashlight going, gotcha. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's why he'll use people around you. That's that's how he tries to get at us the the most. You know, either that or even through acquaintances. You know, it's not even family members. But that's that's one of the reasons the separations are taking place because, um, you know, like we were mentioning earlier, just because of that reason. Um, you know, and because it, we it, don't have a guard up against the people we're close to. It's yeah, we and don't have a guard up against them because we trust them. We think we're okay with them. And it's for our protection. It, it, the Lord's protecting us yes. until it's his time yes. to take us home. He is. Yeah, he is. So when you speak a thing, you decree it. So you want to decree the things that are important to you if you want to stay walking in peace. And it's good to have a list of things to decree every day in your prayer time. I have one. My list got so long I had to stop. I'm trying to revise my list now. Before I had started this ministry, um, I, I would be in normal prayer. And I would say, Lord, do you have any, you know, specific verses you'd like me to focus on he you know this is how awesome god is he knew ahead of time that i we would need these verses and he pointed me to these the specific verses i have in my decree book or ones that he pointed me to or i felt in my spirit that i was just i randomly turned to and they are so and they are so fitting for where we are now that is so awesome do you have any uh verses that are decrees that are available for download for the people on your blog where people I, can just go download a list or anything. I don't have any specific links up, but what I can do um, is link to. I will. I, there is a site where I pulled some of these, and some of them, some of the decrees, Glenda, as you well know, they're just in the Word. I mean, they're in Psalms. Yeah, they're just in the Word. Psalms has a lot of them. You know, like I referenced and uh, read from earlier. I used to read Psalms out loud when I needed peace, but after about thirty minutes, every time God's peace would just be all over me. That was after the stroke. Psalm 23, you know, that's, that's one that, you know, we know very well. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I decree Psalm 91 a lot. Psalm 91. That's the protection psalm, yeah. Yep, I, I declare Psalm 62, Psalm 91. Ooh, I like 62. Really, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. I like that one a lot. And then there's, I have one on fear. I found this a while ago. And it goes something like this, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says in Deuteronomy 31, 8, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Lord, I declare I am not afraid because you are with me and you will never abandon me. Lord, your word states in Joshua 1, 9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. Then we go on to Psalm 118.6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? That's a big one for now. Mm-hmm. Your word in Psalm 23.4 and th- Psalm 31.24 say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And then you would declare it. I declare I am strong and brave. I am not afraid or discouraged because the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You are with me, so I will not be afraid. Because you are on my side, how can anyone hurt me? Even when I must walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me, guarding and guiding me all the way. I am strong and confident, and my hope is in you. That is really, really, really good. I'm not done. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. All right. When I hammer it out, I hammer it out. And actually, these were written in a different way. I changed them. And, and, I, and I've said this before in previous podcasts. You can take any verse and make it for yourself. You can declare it yes. for yourself. You know, the Lord's yes. not going to, the Lord's not going to be disciplining you for that. He wants you to, he no. wants you that you're drawing near to him when you do this. Yes. You're inviting him into your heart. So, you know, we go on Psalm 56, three, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Psalm 91, 10, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Lord father, in times that I am afraid, I will trust in you. You are always with me. You are my refuge. Evil cannot get close to me. No disease will come near my home. You command your angels to guard me wherever I go. If I stumble, they will catch me. And then you just close out each decree, thanking God. You know, you, you thank the Lord. You want to thank him for sending his angels to protect you, for his hand of protection over you. Yes. You never want to close. I always, I, well, I'm not saying you have to, but I believe always in closing out a decree, always with thanking the Lord. I find that important to do. Yes, we, can, we need to be very thankful for the authority of his word the authority of the blood of Jesus, that we can decree the word, that he's given us his word. And another thing, Glenda, is that we have to remember to say, thy will be done. Yes. Because we may look at it like, oh, well, this is a terrible situation. Why is this happening? And yeah, it might seem that way on the surface, but do we ever stop to consider that maybe the Lord is allowing it for a certain reason to teach us endurance or to give us a better way forward or to show us something? Like those awful wildernesses, that last one, where I almost became homeless, actually became the foundation of my ministry. I had no idea. I would have never dreamed that that was going to lead me into ministry. I had no idea either when I started. I had no idea. I mean, a lot of people are out of work right now, I, and they don't yeah. know what they're going to do. They don't know if they're going to, you know, they're, they're, doing, they're betting their hope on these lawsuits. But I got to tell you, maybe what the Lord is trying to say is, you shouldn't be putting your hope in a lawsuit. You need to be putting it in me. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, my brother, he, you know, he has, he has a wife. She worked in a medical administration just like I used to. And now she's out of work and they're looking for legal action. And that's all fine and good, you know, because there should be repercussions against those people doing this. But yeah. on, on the other hand, how does she know the Lord might be calling her to homeschool the children? Because we don't know yeah. if it's going to be safe for those kids to stay in school. Yeah, my, my, my thoughts would be probably not, but. I'm so thankful I don't have my children are not minors. Yeah, it's always remembering that the Lord has a reason for everything, and it's all about trusting him, and that's what the wilderness is about. And we've tried to, and you convey that, you know, in your book, The Wilderness Experience, and then I've given my testimony about that and what I've been through, and how sometimes I didn't even know how I was going to eat, or I didn't know, you know, I didn't didn't know I was going to be running a ministry eventually. I when I went into the wilderness, I didn't even know if I was ever, I didn't know if I was going to work again. And then it got to the point where I couldn't find a job and I still didn't know what I was going to be doing. Yep. But you know what it all of it had in common is it drew me closer and closer to the Lord. It does. Yeah. In 2008, during the great recession, that was the year before God started this ministry. I looked and looked for a job and it got to where I would get dressed to go out and interview and I would just freeze on the couch. I just paralyzed with fear because I knew if there what few jobs there were out there, and believe me, there were few. That McDonald's or somebody in fast food would advertise one little menial job, and a hundred people would show up for that job opening. That's how desperate it was. And I had nothing to set me apart from anyone else. I had far less education and different things than a lot of them had. 
And so I had zero chance of getting a job, but it was because God wanted to give me a job. I just didn't know it then. And you're finding out during those times who is really there for you, who isn't, who's really your friend, who isn't. Yeah, you are. And meanwhile, you have even those closest to you before you find that. Well, that's part of the finding out is they'll throw it at you and say, well, you're just being picky. And, you know, it's easy for everybody to say what they would do when they're not in Mm -hmm. your situation. Let me just Mm -hmm. state that right up front, because I've had that done to me so many times. Well, you should just do this. And how do you know? And it's like, well, how do you know? You don't know what you're telling me. Yeah. You don't know how I feel. And that's not fair to everybody. Some people do know. They've been there before. You've been there before. I've been there before. But others may not be aware of that. They may not understand. It's not one size fits all, is it? No, it's not. And everyone's situation is different. It's similar, but it can be different. Depending. Because the Lord knows what he needs to do to reach you. He knows what's needed to change you. And if he's transforming you, especially now, you know, and your message today, Glenda... You know, you ought to read that because, um, about using people close to us, because I remember I I had a message. I don't know if you recall, but I had a message up about unconventional refinings. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, that was a while. I think that was months ago. I want to say that was either back in April or May now. It may have been June. I can't recall. I was just sitting here one day and I was looking up some verses for something I was working on at the time. Oh, I, I didn't realize this was today's message. I forgot I even got this word. I got this one last week. Yep. But it's so. pertinent to what's going on today or what, you know, it, it, it's, it's very pertinent to the unconventional refinings. It is. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, I think it would be useful if anybody hasn't been over to your uh, blog to see that. Okay. This is uh, the message from Monday, November 15th, 2021 on com, And it's called Attacks Through Those You Love. My children. Ready your hearts for this season of grief, for those of your own households will become your foes. The enemy of your souls has issued many assignments against my people. He has set attacks to come at you through those you love, making you less of a threat to him in your grief. You must stand strong in these attacks, knowing they are a sign of the end. Know that I will turn what the enemy does against you to your good. Pray for those who despitefully use you and those who come against you. I will deal with them swiftly. In this time, and as these things happen, you will see me answer many of your earlier prayers to save your loved ones, though the methods I employ may not be what you would choose. I know their hearts and how much pressure is necessary to drive them to the cross. Do not lose heart in your grief, for I have all well in hand, and I am with you always. I will restore relationships to many of you. To others, I will anoint you to walk alone in this season and to accomplish much for my kingdom. Yeah, that's very appropriate for today, isn't it? You said you're part of that message you read. I know their hearts and how much pressure is necessary to drive them to the cross. Yes. And that's what the Lord was, I believe, telling me when he talked about the unconventional refinings that people aren't going to like what he's going to do, but it's necessary which I'm actually going to read right now. My son, you must continue to warn those I desire to save. The sadness you feel is indeed of me. It is great sadness for those who have refused my calling. You must tell my people that I desire they turn from their idols and wickedness, for I desire to show mercy unto them. They must call on me. Those who refuse my calling will face an unconventional refining in the season you have entered. It is not my will any should suffer, but this is their choice. My people, you must choose who you serve. 
for there will be recompense for rebellion. And, um, you know, looking at a verse for this, Zechariah 13, verses 8 through 9, two-thirds of the people in the land will be cut off and die, says the Lord, but one-third will be left in the land. I will bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people, and they will say, the Lord is our God. We ask him to save them. Yes. We don't get to choose how he does that. Some people are harder in their hearts. And he told me once, the harder the nut, the bigger the hammer it takes to crack it. Those are literally his words to me one time when I was praying about somebody. I said, okay. I mean, really, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's pretty straightforward. You know, this is why we decree against those who want to attack us, because especially as people are going into these unconventional refinings, they're going to be squirming and screaming and kicking like a, oh, yeah. you know, like a child having a tantrum. And it's not oh, going to yeah. be pleasant. And they're going to, the first thing some people like to do is pass the blame. Well, this is your fault, or you did this to me, or, That you is know. the first thing they do. Yeah. Yep, exactly. If they have pride, that's the first thing they do. And the decreeing, the word of God is the sword. That is our sword. That is the sword of truth. And that's how we cut down attacks like that. Yeah. And that's why I started the podcast out with Ephesians 6, because that is the sword. That is the truth. Yeah. Glenda, did you have anything you wanted to say in closing? Pray for each other. Everybody's going through a lot of hard stuff right now. You know, we don't live in an easy time. Everybody can use your prayers. Amen. Well, Glenda, thank you for being on the show today. Did you want to give out your information to anybody? Uh, it's wingsofprophecy.blogspot.com for anybody who wants to read the prophetic messages. Thanks for having me on here, Ray. I enjoyed it. I think this is a much-needed podcast. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for joining me. And um, you know, I'm praying that people can get something out of this because you know we've known people close to us who are going through these right now, and you and I, you know, at times have even had to go through this. And you know, oh, yeah. we recognize it for what it is, which is, folks, that's why we decided to get on today and talk about these things so that this could help you know, be a hope to you and a help to you. Yes. Yeah. I got hit with an attack recently, a really hard one. So yeah. Fresh in my memory. I think we've all been, it's, it's just in that season we're in right now because the enemy's time is short. The scripture is being fulfilled and you know, the enemy's going to do everything he can to try to drag us down. Yeah. And the more angry and desperate he gets, the more angry and desperate he'll make the people that he controls. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today for this important podcast. And in closing, just remember 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. Brothers and sisters, it is my prayer that this podcast has been a blessing to you. And until next time, Jesus bless you, stay safe out there, and have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60 Glencoe, Arkansas, 72.
1-800-242-5539 or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination.